Welcome back to the to the hottest TikTok show in the game. This is Line on the Wall, your one-stop shop for TikTok content. We've never talked about TikTok or people on it or things that happen on it before, but but we might now. Woo! And the sound is weird. You would think that I would spend a decent amount of time before the podcast like oh we should maybe make it sound good and have it you know where i want it so i'm not doing this during it you know my girlfriend said something to me yesterday that i think is very telling and i think she's pretty spot on i was talking and she was like mhm mhm and i got mad i got upset that she was doing that and i was like why are you doing that and she was like you take a while to get to something good like I like how I process is I talk talk and then I get to something. So she's like, just let him do his thing, and like you know, give him a few minutes, and then okay, he's finally talking sense, you know? Because I'll just be like, well, you know, and then sometimes you got it, and then I'll go, and then I'll be, and then I'll be like, and that's why. Ugh, ugh, ugh. We're back. We're here. It sounds really weird. I'm sorry, guys. Great content that for the first few minutes I'm just I'm just all over the place. You know, I'm just feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. What am I feeling like? I'm feeling good. I saw the last few episodes of the or I saw I only saw episode nine. I haven't gotten to ten yet of the last dance. If you saw my other episode, I think it's I think I called it like Michael Jordan is a good player, is good at basketball, if you want to watch that, because I talk about the first number of episodes. This one's a little better. Not going to lie. The whole thing about the flu game and how it was like a pizza. Apparently, he was food poisoned. It wasn't a flu. The famous flu game. Apparently, it wasn't the flu. It was food poisoning. That was pretty cool. But still, I find it's like, okay. The stuff with Steve Kerr is pretty interesting. His dad was a part of the Beirut attacks in the mid-80s. It's pretty wild. You know, like there's some... There's some cool stuff in there, but it got me thinking, they were talking about the jazz, they were playing the jazz, and I thought about this for a long time in sports. They were talking about the jazz and uh, something, or no, 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 the Pacers, and they said, oh, well, you got us here, and they said, you know, Michael, what do you think? They got you, you know, and he said, hey, they still got to come through Chicago, and I was like, oh, shit. They got they won, but they got to do the next game in Chicago, away from their fans in the new place where the fans are. And I'm not Michael Jordan, you know. I'm not as athletic. I'm not quite as good at sports as Michael Jordan. I'm not quite as good as him. And but I played football for a while, and, and something I never understood was the whole home field advantage, away court disadvantage. In sports, I never got that. I get that on paper, I get it. Like, it makes sense to me on paper that, okay, like, your fans are going to be there, your family's there, they're cheering you on, you maybe have practiced on that field, you feel more at home, the locker room, like, you can give me all the facts about why the home field advantage is an advantage, but as a person who played 
football for like eight years or nine years, whatever. Once I was there, I was there. I was playing football. I didn't care where I was. The fans had nothing to do with the game. I guess in big arenas, the whole, like, let's say football, like, you know, the the 12th man in Seattle, they're so loud that offenses can't really get going that productively. But, like, because they can't hear because they're so loud. But, like, okay, maybe I've never experienced that. So, okay, that would be a disadvantage for the other team, clearly. But, like, I, I just never got it. And, honestly, I think it's a media thing. I think it is a media thing. I think they they want to drum, you know, for years now they've been trying to drum drum up excitement for the games and they're like, "Uh, shit, there's nothing really interesting going on this week." Um, hmm. Oh, dude. You know how like people when they're home like feel better than when like they're at a hotel or something? Uh, yeah, I guess. What if like sports players like that was the same thing when they were at their like home field like that they've you know it was better there and they were like yeah that'll make people excited oh this team has a disadvantage michael playing in chicago you know michael can play at home and there's stats to back this stuff up too that i'm wrong like there are stats out there that show like players often do better in home home teams than home games than not and Again, on paper, statistically, I'm totally wrong. But I'm just talking about as a player. I'm like, I'm still playing the same guys. I guess if their other team's like court or field is awful, it's patchy, it's whatever, okay. But not really. I'm still, I'm just doing it. I'm. You're so focused on the game. You don't care where you are. Maybe, oh... Like, let's say a high school team. You know, high school teams don't often travel that far. So let's say that one game they travel far, you know, earlier in the season. Okay, I could see how, like, it makes you a little more tired. You're kind of stuffed up on the bus. Maybe that doesn't help you out as much. Okay. But, like, let's say you're an NBA team or an NFL team. You're traveling all year anyway. You're traveling all year to every everywhere. So your home court can't be that much of a different feeling of your tiredness, you know, your travel lag, than you've been doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're already very nomadic. These, Especially the basketball teams and baseball teams, they are literally just going, going, going. Football teams, it's only, they're only playing once a week. They're home all, all year. I, 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 again, on paper, we can find arguments to beat me for sure. But if you're a player, like, let me know. I don't know. I don't have guests here. I'm just in my girlfriend's dad's garage, so I don't really have guests. But, like, and maybe it's a mindset thing. Well, I feel, it's like kind of like a placebo thing. Okay, I feel a certain way. Okay, I get that. And maybe I just didn't feel that. Shit, I always sometimes felt that I felt better at away games. Kind of just mixes it up kind of new thing maybe you have that underdog feeling which again would be counterproductive to what i'm saying that there is any sort of change of feeling there you know i enjoy like when the other team's fans were booing us or whatever which again in high school that doesn't it's not like that happens that often i like that but 
I don't know. Shit, our locker rooms were really nice. So I'm sure the other teams coming to our t- our home field were like, oh shit, this is an upgrade. We love playing at this high school. Woohoo! We love playing at Morgan's High School. Because you know it was my high school. Yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I'm, I'm, I'm more just curious. I feel like I'd, I'd, I'd want to ask another athlete this as opposed to just the car in the garage and just by myself talking to... I'm getting too comfortable in this. I feel like me as a human, I should be worried that I'm getting so comfortable just talking to myself for 30 minutes a day, every day during the quarantine. But yeah, man, I went to high school out in Southern California. I mean, I'm in that town right now. I'm making it. The school I went to is up the street because I've, I've said this before, but me and my girlfriend went to high school together, but we didn't know each other during high school. She was a freshman when I was a senior, but she knew me. Boom. She knew who I was, dude. She knew who this guy was. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we matched on Tinder like five years later or more. She's, I mean, I left eight years later. Yeah, 2020, 2019. I graduated in 2012. So yeah, like seven, eight years later. Wild, right? But get this, like all of like some of the closest people in my life still are from that high school. So I transferred in as a junior. I only spent two years at the school. But now my other podcast host, Logan, that we do Broken Zoo together, we we were on the high school football team together. Jake, who I did another podcast called The Backup and the Ball Boy with, still one of my closest friends, high school, same that same high school. My other closest friend, well, I have a few of them, but like Sam, I have a buddy Sam, who I went to my first high school with. So I'm very close with him. So And that's just another school down the street. But yeah, like a huge part of my life is still very much related to the school. I mean, my girlfriend and some of my best friends. Is there another one I'm not thinking of that's like a close person? Sam. Man, this is really inside baseball. This is just me. This is so inside baseball that only one person can appreciate what I'm saying, and it's just me. This isn't content. Whatever. Whatever, dude. I'm hot. I'm hot to the game, man. Yeah, I feel like I was the guy who would say, like, ah, when I'm done with high school, I'm I'm done. But then I transferred. I Again, I transferred in as a junior, and the school I went to was, like, very wealthy kind of school. I played football there. Very highfalutin. A lot of people in the school were, like, some of the better athletes in the area or actors, whatever. It was, like, a very kind of the, the crowning school in the area for sure. And, um... You know, a very wealthy school. That's we had a lot of like, just events. I mean, we had a lot of fun things. So I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time there. <laughs> I I look back on that my time at that high school, and I'm like, oh wow, like I really like that. I don't have that many bad memories. But my girlfriend was there. She was she again. She's a bit younger than me, but she was there sixth grade. She was in the middle school through twelfth grade, and she does not like it. And that totally makes sense. Same with uh, my buddy Jake who I did the other podcast with. He was also a 6th through 12th grader. Does not like it. And it totally makes sense. The school I was at was, it was a Christian school. A lot of pressure. Very small. Lots of pressure to succeed and be something. Go to college. Be the best. You know? I can, I, you know, I can see that. And then I imagine... I'm not saying I didn't feel a little bit of that when I was there, but walking into that situation as a 16-year-old or maybe 17, I think I was, maybe 16, is different than 
walking into it as a what is it 10 year old what are you in sixth grade 10 years old and like i imagine the biggest i think the biggest thing that makes sense in my brain as to why my girlfriend and jake or anybody who would go to a school from sixth to twelfth grade might hate that school after is first impressions mean a lot so when you show up to a school in your sixth grade and you're one way which is probably awful because you're in sixth grade and there's no such thing as a sixth grader who isn't awful people get stuck into that people people see that that was dumb i didn't say that correctly people see who you are when you're in sixth grade and that's what sticks oh that's the person blah 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 and then as much as that person might try to change or they just naturally do change as they should you're kind of stuck so let's say it comes to dating well let's say you weren't mr hotshot or mrs mrs hotshot when you were in sixth grade but let's say by junior year hey you're attractive whatever there might be people who don't even care oh yeah she or he is whatever and they're like wait i thought i was what and then it kind of can hurt your dating chances maybe you were a great oh i've seen this a lot this is kind of sad but i've seen this a lot with guys i'm sure girls too but i've only saw it with my guy friends or people i knew where they were the stud athlete in like sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade and they just stopped growing or stopped becoming more athletic and they just kind of didn't I won't say names, but there's a few guys that I know that were sort of the stud guys, you know, at either baseball, football, whatever, and they were supposed to be the next big thing, and then they just stopped, and then, then that's their personality, that's their ego, or that's their what's their um that's their uh, not their calling. What's it when you are something? Wait, I that's my not person. That's my. Identity. Boom. That's the word. Identity. That's their identity. So imagine you're in sixth grade. You're walking around. I'm the athlete. I'm the athlete. Hey, you doing something athletic? I'll kick your ass. Hey, I'm the athlete. Football. I'm the star. The coaches, you know, from the older teams are talking to me because, you know, they're excited for me. And then all of a sudden you either get hurt or you stop growing. Then (laughs) you're not that anymore. You know, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. There was this kid I knew at my first high school who was totally that. He grew up, big kid, good athlete. He gets hurt. Kind of joined the football team, but didn't really play much. Played baseball, but it didn't work out because of his shoulder or something like that. And we were all like ruthless to this kid because he was kind of an asshole. So I feel like he was an asshole. And then he stopped having the power of being the good athlete and he remained an asshole. So we started making fun of him because that's what dumb kids do when they're kids. And I was one of them for sure. You know, not perfect. I might seem perfect, but I'm not perfect. But yeah, so we started, you know, talking to this kid, making fun of him, and then he would just kind of get grumpy, right? He would just kind of be this grumpy grumperson, and that was kind of his personality. He was like, um, he's the grumpy guy. He's the guy. We would just shit on him for being the grumpy guy, which just made him more grumpy. But then I had left the school, so I sort of only heard this from other people. But this school, my first school, had this like end of the year like senior type retreat. They called it life skills. And I had, I never did it because I left the school, but I had heard about this thing and it's life changing and the things that happen there, people remember for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, wow, okay. And apparently this grumpy McGrumperson went to this program and it just absolutely one-aided him. He apparently became like the nicest guy the warmest guy. I had seen him maybe once or twice since then over the years. And he totally is. Just the sweetest, 
just I don't know what happened in that place, man. What is it with what dude, what is it with people and and retreats? What is it with retreats? What are we retreating to? What are we retreating from? And why do some people just take that opportunity to mix it up? Just to mix it up. I hate retreats. I hate retreats. I did my senior retreat at my the second high school I keep talking about. It sucked, dude. I think everybody else liked it. I hated it. Because like it's also a Christian thing. I mean, I would I'm I'm Jewish and like not overly religious and this was a Christian school's retreat, so you can imagine there were some religious undertones. But like there was a night where we all got inside to the, you know, chapel and you know, we got the opportunity one by one to go up and thank somebody that we wanted to thank in the room. One girl goes up, I wanted to thank my friend Sabrina because Sabrina was there for me during my hardest times, etc., etc. And like, that's so much pressure, dude. And you know what happens. And oh, you know what happens. The first few people, totally genuine, totally are saying, you know what? I am so, you know, I love my buddies and my friends or maybe a teacher in the room so much. I need to share this. You know, maybe this story about how my friend helped me. And those are always very sweet, as they should be. And then, do you know what happens? People want to start talking about themselves. And people want to hear themselves talk. This is an ASMR for fucking annoying-ass people who take genuine moments and then make it about themselves. You know, dude, you know that. You know, okay, so the first few people, oh, yeah, I want to talk about my friend. And then the next guy, he, he starts it or she starts and she gets up, he gets up. Um, hey, you know, I just wanted to talk about my friends, you know, Joni and Bobby and Mitchie and, you know, Sabrina again. I guess Sabrina's popular. I don't know who Sabrina is. Just like when I was, you know, the captain of the basketball team and, you know, it was really great to have them to lean on, you know. They, like, start bragging about themselves, but, like, somehow make it about themselves when it should be about their friends. You guys were definitely the reason I got into Harvard. You guys are the reasons. I don't even know what I would do without you. You know what? You'd probably still get in Harvard and still be an asshole. You know? <laughs> Not to say everybody who went to Harvard is an asshole. There might be a lot of them. I don't know. I think I know a guy who went to Harvard. Actually, a few. Look how smart I am, dude. I know people who went to Harvard. I've been on Harvard's campus. I've been on Harvard's campus. And you know what, man? Rubbed off on a little bit, maybe. You know what? It rubbed off. Kind of rubbed off on me. I was walking around, and I'm like, I think I belong here. And then I remembered, hey, Morgan, you had a 2.7 GPA. (laughs) And I say, oh, yeah? I say to myself, the mean part of myself that makes fun of me, He says, Morgan, you had a 2.7 GPA. You can't get into Harvard. And I'd be like, yeah, I had a 2.7 GPA unweighted. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, unweighted? Well, shit, sorry. I didn't didn't know. What was your weighted GPA? And you know what I'd tell him? It was still a 2.7. Because your boy took no honors classes and he took no AP classes. So there was nothing to outperform or outweigh 
my normal ass classes and how I still had a C average. I still had that C average, baby. One time, well, not one time, the one time that I got into college, I was an early admission person. There's like early admission and then there's early acceptance and there's normal. I don't know. I think I got the order wrong, but whatever the first one, like the very first, I was like the first person to commit to college in the entire school because I did the early, early, early action or whatever it's called. I got into the University of Puget Sound, which is a school that I totally shouldn't have gotten into, but I played football and I guess they thought I was good enough, which guess what? They were wrong. (laughs) They were like, hmm, he doesn't have very good grades. But he, he, I think he's a really good football player. You guys think he's pretty good? Yeah, he, I think he's pretty good. We should help get him into the school, even though he doesn't really belong here academically. But, you know, he'll show up for the football team and do really well. And guess what? Lasted one year. Hey, guess what? Didn't start a game. Joke's on you. I also left the school. So, no harm, no foul, right? But yeah, I got into that school. <laughs> I got into the school. And I called up and I said, oh, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, what, what kind of credits do I need to go in, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, we came to the conclusion that I didn't need a certain math credit. And I said, oh, I'm taking a math course right now. I don't need that credit, do I? And they said, no, you don't. You're good to go. And I said, hmm, okay. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. That was the college. Hung up, walked directly to the college, the high school counselor and said, hey, I'm going to drop math. And they said, well, okay. And guess what? Never took a math class again. That was it. Literally, I I rage quit math. (laughs) I don't know about rage. (laughs) Oh, I'm in a college? I don't need this? Hold on one second. I'll call you right back. Yeah, I quit. All right, I'm back. (laughs) Guys, where's Morgan? He's too good for math. Man, I sucked at math. Oof. Even though... (laughs) So get this, seventh grade, it's seventh grade, big seventh grade math test, not the star test at the end of the year, but like some sort of comprehensive math test, big, big test. Everyone's talking about it. I'm no math star. I'm okay. I think I had a B in the class at the time, but I studied. I studied my little booty off for this math test. I take the test, whatever. Later that day or maybe the next day, I'm in another class, all of a, like an English class. All of a sudden, the, the math teacher comes to the door and says, or so, oh, sorry, somebody called, like she, she sends somebody to say, hey, sorry, English teacher, Morgan needs to go see the math teacher. The English teacher's like, shit, okay. I'm like, what did I do? What? I'm so worried. I'm walking all the way to the math class. I'm in the seventh grade. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I walk into the class. There's the teacher. The other class is taking their math test. It's very quiet. She, you know, quietly waves me over. And I'm like, oh shit, dude, am I gonna, what's going on, dude? Did she catch me like cheating or something, dude? I'm too much of a goody two shoes to cheat. I don't cheat. She hands me my paper, 100%. Your boy got 100%. He was the one of two people in the whole grade to get 100%. Boom. Math star. Math star. And if you asked Mrs. Lapnouge, who is the name of the math teacher in my seventh grade, the woman who showed me my test, if you said to her, Mrs. Labnuge, what do you think about your student? What is he? What do you think his future holds? She'd probably say, you know what? I think he has a career in finances or mathematics. You know, I think he has a bright future in numbers. And then what if we told her today, hey, you remember that kid 
who got 100% and made you look really good to the whole school because you taught a kid who got 100% and like he was kind of your star little pupil for a sec? Yeah, I remember him. Is he working for J.P. Chase Morgan Bank, Sachs? Uh, no, he's a comedian. He's currently recording a podcast in his girlfriend's dad's garage in his hometown. Oh. Okay, well, not all of us can be mathematicians. That's what she'd say. Not all of us can be mathematicians. And then guess what? Never did good in math ever again. <laughs> Absolutely peaked. Absolutely peaked. Not even, oof, your boy was bad. When they started doing stuff, other math stuff, I was like, I got really good at this addition and this multiplication you know, this division, I got good. I got a hundred, but then they're like, what if, what if an imaginary eight fucked a, a, a real life seven minus the square root of, you know, that other eight? I don't know. That was vulgar. That was a vulgar math equation. What if that was the math equation on, on the board for Matt Damon to solve in, in Goodwill Hunting? He like walks by, he's the janitor. And he's like, I know how to solve this. What, the eight fucks the seven? I know how to solve this ridiculously vulgar math equation. I'm Matt Damon. Hey, I'm fucking Matt Damon. That's more of a New York Matt Damon. That's his bizarro twin, Pat Damon. Hey, hey, what are you talking about? Matt Damon. I don't look like no I don't look like my brother Matt Damon. I'm I'm Pat Damon. Hey, you know what? What he what is he like? What is he like? He likes he likes uh what are they doing in Boston? What are they eating in Boston? He likes clam chowder? He likes clam chowder? Yeah, what does he call it? Clam chowder? Don't hey I like pizza cause I'm Pat Damon. What's another? <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. Hey, hey, go hang out with me and my friend, Len Affleck. You know Lenny? Hey, come on, Lenny. And then Lenny Affleck comes over and he's like, hey, what are you talking about? And they're like, they're talking about our brothers, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Hey, screw those guys. We're Pat Damon and Len Affleck. My friends call me Lenny. <laughs> but guess what? You know it's wild? Casey Affleck, the one from Boston, is also friends with the one from New York. He doesn't have a bizarre twin. It's just Casey. And they're like, like the Boston guys, the the real Pat Damon and Ben Affleck are like, hey, where does our, where's our brother? Where's our brother Katie? Casey. I can't do a Boston accent, dude. Harvard Yard. Where's our brother? I can't do it. Brother Casey. Hey, he's with our bizarro twins again. Ah, you mean Pat and fucking Lenny? Yeah. And then Lenny's like, hey, it's Casey. Casey Affleck. You're a good actor, too. You know what I'm saying? And Casey's like, yeah, I know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I guess. I'm going to say I'm scratching my head. Yeah, I guess, you know. I guess I'm all right. And you know Casey Affleck switches his accent back and forth. When he's with the Boston guys, he's speaking Boston. And when he's with the New York guys, he's being all New York. 
You know it. You know it. Matt Damon solving equations. And then Pat is like... (laughs) Pat's still just a janitor. (laughs) Matt Damon is a janitor and a... And a you know crazy smart guy, Pat is just a janitor. He like sees a math equation and he's like, "Huh, that looks really hard." All right, and then he just keeps cleaning the floors. Yeah, that English teacher was wild. The one that the math teacher sent somebody to get me from. Her name was Mrs. Martin. She was wild, dude. So get this: me, my buddy Troy. And a few, I remember my buddy Troy was there and there were a few others. We were standing outside waiting for class and we were talking about like, we were in the seventh grade and we were like, dude, have you guys masturbated? And we were like, uh, yeah, dude, I know all about that. And like, I definitely did not know all about that. Maybe a little bit. And we were like, oh yeah, how do you do it? And I was like, dude, I do it like this, dude. And then my, my one friend was trying to be cool and say how big his dick was. He's like, oh dude, sometimes I need two hands. That's so seventh grade. That's so seventh grade to be like, oh, like, like we, none of us know how anything really works. So one of them just makes the most boldest claim. Oh yeah, dude. I sometimes masturbate with two hands. <laughs> I forgot that kid's name, but he needed two hands. Okay. Seventh grade kid. And then my buddy Troy was like, I don't know. Sometimes I do this and so he used his finger and we're like, dude, what? You don't use, you got to use a little bit of your hand. He's like, nah, dude, I like the finger. So we're all just sitting here in a circle, just like showing each other how we chat off. And then Mrs. Martin was just standing in the mirror and she knocks on the mirror. We all look holding our invisible dicks. <laughs> and she's just like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Good times, dude. Seventh grade, man. Seventh grade. There was a kid in the class named Aki. Aki was like the coolest guy in the school, by far the best athlete. Great athlete. He was super fast. All the high school football coaches were like geek to get him. And he was a cool kid. He was really nice, really well-liked, good-looking. He was the stud. I mean, he was the guy. And Mrs. Martin, being the English teacher that she was, she had like an Irish accent, I think. And she was like, ah, Aki, you're a modern day Lothario. You're a Lothario. And we're all like, Lothario, what does that mean? She said, children, your lesson tonight is to is to find out what Lothario means. And we're like, all right. And guess what Lothario means? It means a goddamn pimp. It means a player. It means the guy who gets to the fucking and gets all the fucking. And so this 70-something-year-old middle school teacher was telling this 12-year-old boy that he knows how to get that pussy. (laughs) What a compliment. I'm sure Aki felt great. I remember that. I don't even know if he remembers that. I don't know why I remember that one weird little thing. Maybe because I was like so not the Lothario that I was like, wow. Like, here's why. Here's why. I think as kids, we all think that the kids, all we all know everything. We know how we speak and how we are. And like the adults just don't get it. They don't see what we see. They don't know about our social norms. We, we're social on our own side. You know, they only see the academic side of us, which clearly sometimes is us being idiots in class. But like, 
They don't know who's dating who or whatever, you know? And so when she noticed that Aki was the stud, I think a part of me was like, whoa, he's like such a stud that like she even notices that like he's the stud of our grade. And I was like, probably jealous. I, I mean, I don't, it's just, I probably was. Because again, I was not the Lothario. I had like a big Jufro. I had pimples. I was not the stud. And I was like, wow, that he's like what we all should be trying to be. He's also the, like, I played football. We did football stuff together. And not, oh, and here's even better. You ready for this? There were two eighth grade football teams where I, where I was. I can talk about this like fully another time, but like there were two. Oh yeah, we're almost done. I'll finish up here. There were two uh, uh, teams in my eighth grade year. There was the good team and there was the bad team. The good team ended up like playing in the championship, had all the really good players, and the bad team was like kind of barely fine, if not kind of bad. Guess what team I was on, and guess what team Aki was on. So Aki's not, and he was the star of that team. So he was the star, star, star of that good team, you know. So he and he's a nice guy. So it's like, oh man. So I don't even dislike him. He's a cool guy. And then, then he, then the teacher calls him a stud. I'm like, oh, this is like, this is it. And I was like, I'm gonna get there. And now I can say, I am as cool as that kid was in seventh grade. I've done it. Now he also grew up. Has he proceeded to become super cool as an adult himself? Maybe. And in that way, I'll never be able to catch up. But if it just so happened that he stopped in seventh grade, I finally caught up. Now other seventh graders will look at me, a 26-year-old man, and be like, wow, what do you do? And I'll be like, I record a podcast in my girlfriend's dad's garage. And they'll be like, wow, wow. All right, I think that's all. That's the episode, guys. All right, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That was fun. That was fun. A little bit all over the place, but it was fun. I'm out. Bye.